Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, is Joe Biden on the ballot? Also, the V-Team takes a look at the state of Alabama prisons. And Mo Brooks got in some hot water after January 6th. Why are you son of a... Oh, Mo, there she blows. Out with a bang. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, Charlie Walker, associate and assistant editor at APR. Gave you two promotions right there. Thank you, know? you so much. And Josh Moon, columnist at APR, investigative journalist, and all around good guy. Hey, y'all. Nice. Hi. Nice. Hi, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I get one of those promotions like Charlie just got? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I keep getting demoted, so I can't help yeah, you, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, she won't let me say that she 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 was a New York Times freelancer. You know, she won't, oh, yeah. she won't go with that anymore. Uh, evidently, New York Times is now persona non grata. Just a little bit. Uh, all right. So whatever that's all about. Hey, Josh, you know who was almost persona non grata was uh, Mo Brooks after January 6th and his yeah. fiery speech at the Ellipse where he was Elmer Fudd Gantry bringing down hell and fury on the Capitol. Uh, seems like Kevin McCarthy, the uh, majority, minority leader of the Republican caucus in the House, didn't like what he heard. No, he didn't. Uh, you know, there, there are more of these uh, text messages and tapes and things that continue to flow out from the uh, January 6th investigation that's uh, been ongoing now for a while. And uh, yeah, they were behind the scenes, very upset with uh, with Mo Brooks, with Barry Moore. Uh, you know, they were unhappy with a lot of their uh, Republican colleagues that went, uh, they felt a step too far, which, you know, you always wondered what a step too far w was for Kevin McCarthy, but apparently Mo Brooks found it. Uh, and, you know, it's, um, it's very telling, uh, I think, uh, when you look at these conversations, these raw conversations that they were having, uh, you know, unencumbered, out of the public spotlight, uh, no spin on anything, they were they were pretty adamant that the president of the United States was was partly responsible for what took place on January 6th and some others had contributed greatly to this sort of thing and that they felt like it was going to hurt them going forward in the future because of the way they behaved. And, um, you know, it hadn't really played out that way to this point. Uh, I don't know that uh, there are a lot of people holding them accountable for what took place, but hopefully with more of this stuff coming out, some of that will start to change. I mean, Susan, would not it be helpful for democracy as a whole, if these men and women in the Republican Party said publicly what they know to be true privately. Well, on the tapes that have been released, uh, McCarthy was so angry that he wanted to actually ask President Trump to resign. Right. He wanted to strip uh, Mo Brooks and, and, and this other representative of all of their committee, meeting, committee standings. 
Uh, they you really want to do it. And, and what he did in the end was nothing. Nothing. No. And now is even denying that the tapes exist when the New York Times has them. Well, that was one of the great ones I liked. He, he said, oh, no, this is all fake news, blah, blah, blah. And the reporters yeah. went, well, as a matter of fact, we've got the tape, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Be careful when you question a reporter. We always yeah, know the answer it, it, before we ask the question. Josh and Susan, I know this. Uh, how many times have you asked the question, you already knew the answer and you had the backup information? I, I've lost count. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there with the paperwork yeah, I mean, it's in my always, hand. It's roughly 90% of the time. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it is. I mean, you know, I, I, I'd say this, though. You know, in, t- in today's world, uh, you know, Nixon would be just fine. He could just go on TV later and claim that the tapes were fake. You know? Yeah, exactly. I didn't really exactly. say that, that you heard exactly. me say. Not at all. No, it's not real. It's fake news, fake news. But we all know. Most reporters know before they report such things. Oh, no, of course. No, but what really got me about this whole thing was what Barry Morris said. Because when I first read it, I was like, surely that— you know, I'm, I'm taking it the wrong way. But, you know, when it came to the arrest after January 6th, you know, we have to confront this. I was like, surely he means it in a good. No, nope, not. No, he doesn't. He wants to. I mean, Barry Moore came off like the Barry Moore we know, yeah. who yeah. absolutely knows nothing, will say anything and, and just generally is clueless, Josh. I, isn't yeah, Barry I mean, Moore becoming more of a verb he, these days? Barry Moore is a verb. Okay. Barry Moore did again. <laughs> OK. Yeah. yeah. What were you saying, Josh? Yeah, he, he's a he's one of the people that you you almost can't get angry at because you know that he actually believes this fairy tale. Uh, you know, the other folks you know are lying about these sorts of things, but I'm not sure that Mo Brooks and Barry Moore don't actually believe the nonsense that they say. No, uh, they, you know that they've bought into this fairy tale and they're so blinded uh, by the partisanship in their brain that they can't they can't comprehend. Uh, anything that falls outside of that narrative that they've created, I mean, which is a right. completely false thing that that's come about here. It's it's really kind of absurd and ridiculous that we're still talking about this at this point. A lot of these people should have been in jail. The Republicans should have handled their business and got them the hell out of Congress. I mean, that's wow. what they tried to overthrow democracy. Let's not. I mean, you know, I know there are a lot of jokes to be tell, made, but they were Brooks overthrowing and democracy. Mist. It's like they have this little mist around their head. It's like a little cloud kind little of. Little cloud, yeah. little cloud. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the whole thing is they live in this world, and I think it was Justice Brandeis, where, where they're terrified of witches, so so they burn women, right? I mean, that's that's the kind of guys they are. Uh, We've got about a minute and a half, Susan. I want to move on to this next thing. You know, the one thing we, we are seeing is I did not know that Joe Biden was on the ballot. You know, I didn't see but his name. everybody anymore. seems to be running against Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Biden this, Joe Biden that. I mean, where's Joe Biden? It, nobody's running against each other. It's like the other candidates in the races don't exist. And they're just all, everybody's focused on Joe Biden to avoid talking about anything. They're not talking about policy. They're not talking about what they're doing. They, they, that's a good way of running. A they think they just, can ride that to yeah. a victory. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a, uh, go it's ahead, a voter Josh. problem. It's yeah. a voter problem. It's what it is. Uh, because they know that. Uh, policy is not as effective as fear. And so they have they have a, a, a loud megaphone every night at Fox News or whatever other, you know, cable network these people are watching uh, that is trying to scare the hell out of them about what's happening at the border or inflation or whatever with Joe Biden. And so they're just going to ride that instead of actually discussing things that matter in the everyday lives of Alabamians, which should be much more important to the voters. But it's not. It's the other thing. And so they're doing what voters want them to do. 
Well, I mean, the, uh, you know, again, uh, there's plenty to criticize President Biden on. Uh, you don't have to make up stuff. But the general mm -hmm. feeling I get is that because we've nationalized politics, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Tip O'Neill used to say all politics is local. It mm -hmm. is not anymore, Susan. No, We've got about 15 not. seconds, but it, it really is not. It hasn't been for several years because it works. It works. If, if the local candidates are targeting national figures, uh, the, the, the voters respond, and they see it. It works. They, they know what's happening in Washington, D.C. They have no yep. idea what's happening in Montgomery. All right, yep. you're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. President Trump says no teacher should ever be allowed to teach transgender to our children. Yet KIV is allowing Alabama tax dollars to be spent on schools designed specifically for transgender students. Ivy could have stopped funding the transgender school, but didn't. Like Trump, Lindy Blanchard says no transgender education of minors. She'll end funding for transgender schools and put the money directly into the classroom. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. I'm Donald Trump and I love Alabama. As many of you know, there are a few issues facing our nation as important as election integrity and election fraud. This is why the people of the great state of Alabama must work together to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. So get out, register to vote, and get a photo ID so you can make your voice heard and decide the future of our great country. Thank you. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Well, there was some uh, uh, candidate bashing uh, this past week. Uh, uh, I can't, well, anyway, six of the contenders running against Governor Kay Ivey uh, got together for a forum. And Charlie, you're going to love this. They held it at the Roto-Rooter Center. <laughs> That. That's, you know, it's, that's pretty fitting. A lot of them kind of remind me of that gunk you find at the bottom of the drain. So, you know. That was good. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, they met at the Rotor Rooter Center and, and they had an event and, uh, you know, everybody was there except Governor Ivy mm -hmm. and Dean Young. So they had to keep, you know, the idiot down in the village. Uh, and that wasn't K. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> but Josh, what, it was what the hell was Dean Young doing that he couldn't make it to the forum? <laughs> what did he have going on in his life? I, I don't know. Maybe he was doing uh, something with, you know, I mean, maybe he was running for some other office we don't know about. But uh, anyway, I mean, Susan, they got together, Lindy Blanchard, uh, Tim James, Lou Burdett, uh, Dean Odell, Flat Earth Dean, uh, and they had it at forum. And, I, and as I said, if you had a forum, 
a candidate debate and nobody came, did it really happen? But I mean, some people came. But the real question is, did it matter? Apparently not. Basically, no. they just bashed Kay Ivey over the COVID response and masks and, you know, talked about the soul of the nation. It didn't seem to accomplish anything as far as, you know, what policies they had, uh, what ideas they had, just basically kind of sitting up there and, you know, patting each other on the back. No, it's crazy. That, and then wouldn't even, you know, not even taking into consideration probably the thousands of lives Ivy saved by issuing that mandate in the first place by making us all wear masks. Yeah. If we had just been, you know, free balling it, no mask the whole time. You know, we probably would have had a lot more, you know. It was bad enough as it was. Exactly. Even exactly. with the masks. Exactly. Josh, I mean, you know, the freedom from tyranny. That, that's that's yeah. a three-inch piece of cloth, right? It is. And so I, I got to say, uh, I hate it when Charlie's here because she steals all my words. I mean, she had the gunk at the bottom of the drain. She had free ball in it just a second ago. I, I don't get to say anything good anymore. I'm uh, sorry, but man. it's No, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Um, you know, it's... Um, the, what gets me about these guys is that they're all kind of on the same track. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of just different shades of the same candidate. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, because they're all basically attacking Ivy for the same things. And it would seem as though maybe if you wanted to make yourself stand out, you could be the person that I, honestly, I'm more disappointed in Lindy Blanchard than anybody because she has a good story. She has a good story that she can lean on, and she has people and and experience in things that she could she could tout, and she has ideas about. Like I've heard her talk about these things, and and it just it uh, it seems like she's gotten sucked into this thing of of attacking Ivy because they want to covet the far far right, and I it, it seemed like the, a better course of action for at least somebody would have been to say, hey, here are my policy ideas. Why don't we talk about what's going on with the state in these certain ways and why we're spending $400 million, $1.3 billion on prisons instead of on education and health care. You know, those sorts of things, I think, would have made somebody stand out and they're just not doing it. They're all doing the same thing. Well, I think one candidate did, in fact, stand out to me, and I, I'm not going to call out any names because I like most of these people, but one candidate, Susan, said that... Uh, that that uh, you know only two nations in the history of the world had ever uh, come into existence with a, a a covenant between God and the candidate said those two nations were uh, Israel and the United States of America. Now I do somewhat remember uh, George Washington coming down from Mount Vernon with the 15 com or 10 commandments <laughs> and, and brought the country into being, right? I mean, that's part of our living history. And you know what's scary? Yeah. He votes also. I mean, the ignorance of some of these people of how our government works is astounding and they're running for office. I, I mean, Josh, as far as I remember, the Constitution and uh, the founding of the country had more to do with the, you know, the Enlightenment period and mm -hmm. uh, Burkean, uh, you know, philosophy and, and a lot less to do with what, you know, was going on in the Old Testament. But maybe I, yeah. maybe I missed something. No, I, I think I think religious freedom was a pretty big uh, component of the uh, founding fathers' yeah. ideas for this place, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, and, a, and a separation of, of church and state, and um, you know, it, it's it's really weird how how 
we we've combined religion and governance uh, as we've moved forward, and so many people like to pretend that that was the original ideas of the founding fathers. When I mean, you know, they wrote stuff down. You can go back and read what they were talking about during yeah. that time. Uh, and and this that was not it, man. It was I, matter of fact, it was mostly the opposite of that. They were religious people, but they they had ideas for this country that were, do not identify with what we're doing now. Well, and there's and nothing wrong with God and country. What my problem no. is is don't make that you have to have mm-hmm. this certain religion to have mm-hmm. a government or a country. Well, yeah. I, this one person told you one day, and I think it was an email, uh, that Democrats can't be Christians. Right. And they, right. they can't be Christians. What? Right. I mean, Next the founding of this country came as a break, part of it as a break from the Church of England. And now yeah. we've wrapped all the government back in that little bubble of religion because it seems to work with the voters. That's, well, for that's some not the intention. I mean, part of the country was founded on freedom from religion. Not, exactly. Not, mm-hmm. not freedom to. Well, uh, I just know that the ultimate liberal is probably Jesus Christ. So, you know. Well, you know, if you read the red bits, right? Yeah. Okay, we, we don't have. Because he loves not hates. We are, we, uh, we're going to run out of time here. But there's been a lot of talk about cutting the gas tax. And one of the, the new report coming out of the Urban Institute shows that, you know, cutting the gas tax temporarily makes people feel good, but it doesn't really ease the pain of the pump. Right. It doesn't it doesn't mean that the uh, merchants have to actually cut the gas prices no, right. just no. because they're not having to pay the gas tax. You're still paying the same amount for gas. Exactly. But the merchant is getting out from not having to pay that tax. So. Josh, 20 seconds. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, listen, I, I understand uh, the point. I understand the point from the other side as well. You know, I heard a really good argument for this the other day that, uh, that but, you know, one of the things Biden should do to ease this up is incentivize more work from home and remote working opportunities yeah. for people, incentivize companies to do that, which would cut down on travel and would ease us back where we were during the pandemic to an extent where there wasn't, there, there wasn't so much travel out there and, and that would cut gas usage and, and would ultimately cut prices. That's right. All right, we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. You know, I, I have to do it because, you know, I keep thinking about that they held this this uh, debate at the Roto-Rooter Center and, and talked about cutting gas. Could they have gas taxes, I guess? 
Charlie, what? Oh, nothing. I was just giggling at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just somehow that I found that amusing. Well, I believe one of our panelists brought up during the uh, break that uh, there's certainly a lot of gas there. A lot of gas. A lot, a lot of hot air. Gas. A lot of hot air. There's okay. definitely gas there. Ain't it up like Well, they talked about cutting the gas tax. That's what made me think about it at the Roto Rooter Center. All right. Uh, Alabama signed its first prison contract uh, earlier a couple of weeks ago on April 15th. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. But th- we haven't been able to get the contract yet, Josh, because it's, it has to be redacted. And that's understandable uh, that that has yeah. to be redacted. But you brought up the fact that, you know, this is the first of the two prisons that we're certainly going to build here. Uh, and, and this prison is going to be in, uh, El- is it Elmore County? Where- yeah, Elmore County, yeah. where we're going to have this one. And this is supposed to... Uh, Ease the prison overcrowding, but also provide better medical services, better mental health services and all that. We all can agree with that. But there's still the enormous price tag that you brought up earlier. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, well, I'll say I don't know that that we necessarily agree on it easing the overcrowding issue. No, no, Um, no, no. uh, Because it's not I mean, there's going to be less capacity. Uh, overall, now I know that they say that because of the way they're going to design the pods and everything else, it's going to make it better uh, in, in terms of security and oversight of the prisoners. But um, you know, you have a you have a ton, uh, thousands into the well into the thousands of prisoners that are being housed currently at county facilities. And so, all, once these things are built, the idea is a lot of those guys are going to head to state prisons where they're supposed to be, and uh, that's going to have some you're going to have some real issues with overcrowding again. But you know, I, I just it, it, I understand the need for for the prisons, um, uh, you know, or at least for upgrades. I just I think a lot of people felt like there were there was a, a more comprehensive approach to this that could have been taken uh, that would would have served everybody a little bit better uh, would have spread funds around uh, to to different county facilities and different state facilities uh, that are in desperate need of these things and would have addressed some of the things that are currently being talked about in that federal lawsuit which most of which we don't address but with these new federal prisons and once this is done you know the appetite for doing more isn't going to be there well, Susan, we, you know, you and I have toured prisons a bunch. Uh, uh, they, Excuse me. They are certainly inhumane. I am in favor of new prisons. But Josh is right. They won't do anything for overcrowding. But what I was referring to was the better health care facilities, better mental health facilities, hoping that that well, would Well, the facilities, it's one thing to have the facilities, but it's another thing to have the programs. Right. You can have the facilities all you want to, but if you don't have effective programs, to use those facilities correctly, you've wasted your money. So they need to be looking at not only the, the, the facilities themselves, but also the programs that are going to involve better treatment of our prisoners. Charlie, you went way in there. Oh, yeah. No, I just, um, and that's, that's wonderful. You know, I really hope that they do that, you know, that the mental health, their quality of life, all that improves. But for some reason, I don't know, my mind just keeps going back to the people who shouldn't be in the prison in the first place. They, you know, we're getting a big, flashy new prison, but there are people in there who should have gotten a slap on the wrist. And it's just that I, I can't let that go out of my head. Well, and I think, you know, this is this what goes back to, and Josh, you can weigh in on this, sentencing reform, community corrections activities. These are important things that, uh, that Representative Jim Hill has tried to get through, former judge mm-hmm. of St. Clair County. Also, Chris England has tried to get through. The point that Charlie, <coughs> excuse me, is making is that, 
you know, some of these folks don't need to be there. They need to be in in other alternative programs. Right. And uh, and, you know, I think that 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 bears out because uh, a lot of the people that we have in there are in the work programs and work release programs that we send out uh, to public places every day to work. Um, and so, you know, I think the, the general feeling is, is if you're, we're comfortable enough to send those guys out pretty much unsupervised uh, into the general public and have them perform jobs and tasks or, you know, around and do various things. I mean, you know, you got folks working around the governor's mansion, doing landscaping, all sorts of different things. Um, and, and so if that's the case, you know, you know, that, that you're, you're kind of getting into an issue there with with uh, forced labor at some point. But, you know, more than that, you do have there were good reforms presented by people who have worked through this system for a long time. Uh, I mean, Jim Hill, I don't think anybody would call Jim Hill light on crime. Jim Hill, oh, you know, not if you know, uh, him, you know you so I mean, if he's pushing for reforms because he <clears> sees an issue there, I think that's somebody that you need to listen to. And I mean, fighting him tooth and nail has been our attorney general. Um, who it seems to be perfectly fine with it, keeping everybody locked the hell up simply because it helps his image as a tough on crime guy, you know. Well, um, I, you know, you let's know. don't get into the fact of how tough our attorney general actually is. Yeah. I've and been right. in the courtroom when Jim pretty close to breaking the law said himself. somebody, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you, Josh. That's no, okay. That's I, we're we're, we're going to need to move on to the next subject. One of the things that I, I want to bring up, and I think this is extremely important, is that I, I believe in being tough on crime. Mm-hmm. I do believe in being tough on crime. I do not believe in being inhumane to people who commit crimes. Inhumane. Mm-hmm. Now, we've had several correctional officers sentenced, indicted, imprisoned for beating Beating, beating inmates, beating incarcerated people. I mean, we have an incident where uh, a guy, they were handcuffed. Two, two inmates were handcuffed and he beat the crap out of them. And other officers and supervisors stood by and watched this, Susan. Mm-hmm. That is inhumane treatment. That's not being tough on crime. That's being a criminal. Yeah, and they were not resisting. They weren't doing anything. He beat him with a baton, from my understanding, yeah. and then falsified the reports about the incident. So, I mean, and, and this is our uh, APR's reporter, Eddie Burkhalter, has, has, has discovered several instances of this. There's, I mean, I realize that these correctional officers are frustrated. I realize, you know, that they're overwhelmed, but there is no reason to beat handcuffed men to that degree or at all. For that matter. And this happens far too often. Uh, Josh, I mean, look, you know, th- we, we got about five seconds. Sum it up for us. I mean, at some point, if you're going to take away people's freedoms uh, and ultimately to, you know, say that you can take away someone's life, you're going to have to maintain the moral high ground in some way, shape or form. Um, and, and this is not it. Uh, you know, you've got to be better than the people that you're locking up. And if you can't do that, then we've got a huge problem. Well, and we've got more than one bad apple in the correctional system. We need to do better. We're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.